listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel, brought to you by America's Web Radio. And I want to thank the guys at America's Web Radio for being the foundation, encouraging the fruition of Insight to Israel that brings the truth about the Jewish state to the grassroots of the United States of America, the patriot conservatives who stand with Israel, who are not able to always see the truth about the Jewish state because of the leftist media, leftist Islamic media and Islamic media and global governance, which continually lies and tells a mistruth about the Jewish state, its greatness as it leads the way in medicine agriculture, technology, and the vast amounts of humanitarian work that it does all around the world. So I want to say thank you to the guys at America's Web Radio. Uh, You're the best. Thank you for taking a stand at the grassroots level in the United States uh, for what is right and true and good about our founding. I want to also say thank you to, uh, to everyone that has sacrificed to give to Hershey's for Heroes. Amazing, 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 amazing. I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm going to throw on Noam Badin here in just a few minutes. Uh, but no, I'm going I'm to refer to Noam. Noam, can you believe I had a guy, Joseph, uh, actually Eric Branch in North Carolina, South Carolina, I stand corrected. He and his wife ordered 500. <laughs> 500 Hershey's chocolate bars. And their church is going to put a note on each one. We love you. We thank God for you. We pray for you. We stand with you. To each and every, on each and every bar, to 500 soldiers where those chocolate bars are going. So uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you. God bless you for standing with the Israeli Defense Force with just a note of encouragement. You'll never know what it means to these young people that defend this country every day. Uh, I sure appreciate it. I hope that uh, everyone had a great Christmas and a great New Year's. What a year that 2013 was for myself and everyone else that was on board with, uh, with, with coming to this country with $600 in my pocket, a one-way ticket, and didn't know a single soul. And I've been blessed. These people here are amazing. And I want to say thank you to everyone in the United States that has supported me with their prayers, an email, uh, with your posts on Facebook. Uh, I am deeply grateful. And since I've been here, I never would have dreamed that my life would be so changed uh, by the Jewish state and the, the, the hospitality, the kindness that these folks have given to me every single day that I've been here. I go to my window every morning and I open it up, rain or shine, and say, God, thank you for another day in the Jewish state. And uh, it's amazing. So if you have never been to Israel, uh, we are always going to look for a way for you to get here, whether it's doing volunteer work with the, with the soldiers there's different groups that I'm going to introduce you to that that they'll help you get here. They'll, you know, maybe even help you raise the money. 
I'm sure that everyone has a church that, they can, that you can look to and say, you know what, I want to go and be a help in Israel. I want to lend a hand uh, and, and help out and do what I can. So aside from that, I want to say thank you to everyone that has been so amazing in the United States of America. So moving forward, I am uh, just left a town on the Gaza called Sterot. And it is known as bomb shelter capital of the world. And now, because it's on the Gaza, for me to say bomb shelter capital of the world following, I think that would, to anyone who keeps up with what goes on in the world, I think that would be pretty self-explanatory. But I am uh, now, I've left Sterot, and I'm in a car on the way to Jerusalem with a guy that I, I have respected from day one when I met him a year ago, and I haven't seen him since then. <laughs> but uh, Noam Bedin, Noam, thank you for being here. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Noam runs Sterot Media, where they have, uh, I'm going to let you tell, tell us a little bit before, I don't want to go into too much detail, we want to save it for the second segment, but Noam, tell us a little bit about, uh, about Sterot Media. Well, Sterobia Center is basically the only active media center on the ground today. Its purpose is to portray the human side of the story behind the headlines. We're going to represent, uh, representing today basically one million Israelis in southern Israel on the borders with Gaza. They've been under rocket fire from Hamas-controlled Gaza for the past over a decade. Wow. And you guys have a huge collection of rockets. Well, it's been over 29,000 rockets being fired towards Israel. Uh, this past October, we're into our 14th year being under rocket fire. And it's, uh, according to the Road Security Officer, up to 29,000 rockets being fired towards Israel. And by the way, this became the only region in the entire Western world having rockets and missiles being fired and threatening civilian populations for the past over a decade. Wow. Wow. You know what? No, you know, I've, I've, I've been to your dad's office in Jerusalem, and I've seen pictures of you in the Army. Um, so you were born and raised here in Israel. That's correct. And uh, what, what town did you grow up in? Well, I grew up in, in Sfat, one of the holiest uh, cities of Israel throughout history. Jews have always lived in Sfat. I was born over there in 1982. Uh, and I moved, uh, I grew up in the town community called Efrat, which ah. is the southern part of Beit uh, Lechem, uh, Jerusalem. That's where actually I grew up. It's an Anglo-Saxon town. Jews uh, then made Aliyah. They came to Israel from uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, countries, uh, such as uh, North America, South Africa, England, Australia. So, so it was an English-speaking environment. That's yeah. Why, uh, that's why I learned my language. Actually, it's interesting you say that because I just had the mayor of a fraud on Insight to Israel. Oh, okay. Great man. I, I really, he was very direct, very strong spoken. Mm -hmm. Sure is. And uh, I was very impressed with him. So, what was it like for you? You know, I understand. Now, let me, I want to ask you your, was your dad, your father, American born? Yes, both of my parents. Uh from the States, Philadelphia and Cleveland. And they came to Israel, they made Aliyah to Israel around 45 years ago. 
My mother came when she was 10 years old. Wow. My father when he was 20 on his own. Wow. <laughs> you got to respect that. Definitely. Yeah. You have to respect folks that just pack up and take off and do the right thing. Right, well, it's because of that I'm here, I'm here today, so. Wow, nice. So what was it like for you in Efrat? Now, I look at Efrat now, it's a very... It's, it's, a, it's an area that's growing. It's a very beautiful area. I'm sure that there was not much there when you were growing up. Uh, that's correct. I, I, we, were, when the, we were in the fraud when I was only three years old. So uh, it, was, it wasn't that developed yet. It's what's, what's so called in the Western world, the Western politics of settlements. <laughs> uh, I call them new neighborhoods. Or, or new community. Uh, it was a beautiful town, beautiful people. Uh, I grew up uh, with many memories uh, in the frogs. If it's uh, uh, the variety of uh, the way they try to bring it back to people, if it's if it's welcoming soldiers uh, to their communities, if it's helping up the Arab villages around us. Right. Probably many of uh, your uh, listeners uh, know Rabbi Shlomo Riskin, who is. Uh, one of the rabbis that has a lot of coexistence uh, uh, projects with Christian communities around the world, especially if you're from North America. Wow! And uh, he was a big thing. It was a big thing for us to help out the uh, Arab communities around us. Nice. And to build up their community centers. They came working in our community. So I grew up. We grew up with that kind of mentality as well. Wow. We have the, today. We have the uh, highest number of doctors uh, per city, per, per per town. Wow. Amazing how far people actually reached from this community uh, around the world and uh, around Israel. You know, I want to, I have to, I'll tell you, Americans, unless they really come here, you know, it's one thing to go to all the tourist sites and historical sites, and, and that has its place. But you can never, ever really just get the essence of the heart of, of Israeli, Israeli Jews. Until you see that they give and give and give. It's amazing. It's amazing. I say that in reference to the fact that you talked about how, you know, you would try and reach out to their villages and help them with things that they needed. You didn't elaborate in great detail, but I've seen it firsthand where the Israeli Jews reach out to their neighbors. Many people don't know uh, that the, the Arabs have representation in the Knesset. That every sign is in English, Arabic, and Hebrew. Including women, by the way. There's no Arab state around us in the Middle East that have any representative, any woman represented in any parliament house. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. So, uh, so you grew up in this town. Now, did you ever? Now, I've been to Afra, and it's amazing to see the kids. Just there's so much. I feel very safe there. It's amazing. You know, it, it's it's pretty ironic to explain to people, but where was in the world? actually have your 10-year-old sister or, or daughter uh, go out at 10 o'clock at night and walk around the dog around the, around the town, not feel, not, not, uh, feel uh, scared for her life and have no problem whatsoever. And this is the most normal thing in the world. It's amazing. It's amazing that, you know, you think about settlements or whatever, but the truth is you do feel the most safest in these places. I never, I never had a curfew growing up. I mean, you'd stay up late as, much, as late as you want. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's probably part of the society that we grew up in. And I still see it even in uh, Jerusalem and in other towns all through Israel. 
were children and grammar school children, grade school children, walking packs after school without adult accompaniment, yeah. laughing, yeah. singing. It's the most Noam, it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Even in my small town in West Virginia where I'm from, you cannot do that. You can't do it. Because of the drugs and all of the other craziness that goes on in life, you know? And uh, I have to say, it's it is I can't find the word sometimes. It's amazing because I've never been exposed to anything, this type of atmosphere. So uh, that had to have been, that's so liberating. I'm glad that, that uh, you did not have to grow up with that, with that fear. Now, I understand there's folks that don't even lock their door at night sometimes. Yep. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know many uh, families like that that never locked their door. Wow. Wow. That's that's amazing. So, okay, so you go in the Army. You're a grown man now. And I say man at 18. I can say that about Israeli young men. And uh, because they take on a lot of responsibility. Yep, you have to grow up pretty fast in this country. It's a little funny to, uh, put their, you know, to compare... Uh, it's around the world when you turn 18, you start going on to college and having a college life or whatever. Partying. <laughs> exactly. Getting crazy. And all, all of a sudden you have a, you have a gun and a lot of responsibilities, responsibilities on your shoulders. You have to grow up pretty fast uh, in, in our society. And actually for me, again, what is Israel all about? People are forgetting how you have you know, Jews coming back uh, to their home from over 100 nations. Wow, wow. Coming back to Israel, that's what should be basically the bunker cosmic of the entire Western society today. Uh, all different types of people, different backgrounds and uh, behaviors or whatever. And the army is the first time you actually experience all the variety of different Israelis in one place. Wow. So that was an amazing experience for me to experience firsthand, you know, leaving my home and going to the army and seeing all the diversities of uh, Israeli backgrounds and Jewish backgrounds. Wow. And together, this is the first time. I, I grew up in a very Zionistic home, and when you understand how this is the first time in over 2,000 years having your own uh, sovereignty, uh, not only country, but army, it's something amazing to be a part of. Wow. You know, I tell you, I, I see these soldiers, and it is amazing. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know that there are various tribes that they're now discovering more and more of, uh, Manasseh. And could you, could you help me out and name some of the ones? Now, you have Judah. I, I, I know from... Oh, I, I, which is the main. I wouldn't know the names in English. Okay. No, no say them in Hebrew. Well, help okay, educate so folks. Reuven. Reuven. Reuben. Yeah. Shimon. Yeah. Okay. Shimon. Levi. Levi. Tribe of Levi. Yeah, Yehuda, Judah. Can. Okay. Uh, Yisachar, Zulun, uh, Gad, so, Asher. So, have all the tribes, from from what you know, have they all been? Well, what, what, what they say is that ever, ever since every, ever since the first uh, destruction, of the first temple, that was the first time all the. Uh, Jews were expelled from the country, scattered around the world. After seven years returning back to Israel, this is over 2,000 years ago, right. uh, most of the tribes came back. They still have tribes like in India or in Peru that actually stayed over there, or in Yemen or Ethiopia wow. that actually left and that actually uh, uh, stayed over there. 
and for 2,000 years, Jews were scattered all around the world. Wow. Uh, yeah, and today you see that. You see it today. The miracle of the, of the 20th century of Jews returning back to their home all around the world. Returning back. And you can really see that today with your own eyes. Let's, uh, you know, I, I, what I see since I've been here, there was one day, it just it dawned on me, uh, because I was raised, you know, my mother would read to us Torah in the prophets when we were kids for an hour every night. And uh, sometimes I didn't like it. <laughs> but I was sitting and I was thinking about my life and I was looking around me. And if I'm not mistaken, most of the people here are from the tribe of Judah. That's correct. And I'm thinking to myself, every one of these people are all related. That that is hard for me to wrap my mind around. It's it's amazing, the most amazing thing. So you go in the military. Now, what exactly did you do? I was a, a staff sergeant for the artillery scout unit, confronting the Hezbollah, the second uh, strongest terrorist organization in the world today. Today, having over one hundred thousand missiles aiming at Israel. Wow. Um, and that's in Syria or in Lebanon? This is in South Lebanon. I've been trained for three years how to be a, a frontline observer, how to use all the, um, I guess, army language, learning how to uh, aim the artillery, which is 20 kilometers behind us, and learn how to aim it at a target in South Lebanon. I knew all the targets by heart. Wow, wow. In South Lebanon, and we were trained 24-7 how to capture any, any post in the uh, in North Israel, the borders with Lebanon. Wow! And we were ready for any kind of uh, military operation or anything like that. So I was trained for three years to do that. I see only today that a lot of that training, being ready for any kind of emergency, and learning how to be professionals. That I do the same thing here in Israel. When I have an emergency, I get the arm adrenaline. But this time, except except my. Uh, I can't, my uh, weapon is not my uh, is not uh, a gun, but my camera. Right. So that's the only difference. Wow. But basically, after a year and a half uh, being in the army, I went out to a uh, commanding course. As, as so you're an officer. Not not an no? officer. I was okay. a staff sergeant. Okay. So uh, wow. I actually, it was the first time having real responsibilities on my shoulders, having soldiers under me, and being professional. Something. I was that was the first time I became something very professional in, in what I do. Wow. So that's something very exciting to see, uh, even for myself. That's part of me growing up as well, was, the, was that uh, training uh, course of becoming a staff, a staff sergeant. Wow. You know, and <clears throat> what the world doesn't realize, I mean, first of all, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the military is mandatory. It's mandatory service after high school. So while, while many American kids, like we stated, are, you know, preparing for college, you know, their junior or senior year of high school, uh, you've got 15 to 18-year-old boys I've, I've, I've worked with training, knowing specifically what they want to do in the military and pre- preparing themselves physically for what they're about to be thrust into. It's amazing that uh, you, you, know, I mean, you cannot even dream or imagine uh, what a body or even a mo- or even uh, mentally can actually a soldier can actually go through, uh, and that's part of it as well. That you actually train 
also your physically or your body and also mentally how to actually uh, cope with any kind of extreme conditions or whatever. Wow. And and actually and, and, and how to deal with that. Which is something very interesting to see how to actually get to that point and actually uh, get that accomplished. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So uh, moving forward, you get out of the military, and I, I want to kind of again we'll get we'll get to steroid media in the next segment. But so you're married now. Yes, yes, I am. How long ago did you get married? Uh, two and a half years ago. What, what is your age? I didn't ask I'm that. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. So you have children? Not yet. Not yet. We need lots of Jewish babies, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we need Davids, not diplomats. <laughs> Tell it to my wife. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so now with Steroid Media and everything you have going on in your life. What is it like for you, for people who don't, again, who don't have a clear understanding of what goes on in this country, what life is like? It's very difficult here sometimes. Look, it's a blessing, but Israelis have to work hard, and uh, it's kind of, it's, 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 it is expensive. So now that you've joined yourself to, uh, to abroad, and you're actually technically still on the honeymoon, uh, what, what do you got? Do you guys live in front? Today we live in uh, in the community called Nukdim, okay. which is a community near the Herodion historical site. Herod? Yeah, it's King Herod's palace. Oh, nice. Southern part, southern part of Jerusalem. Wow. And that's what's called a settlement today. And I moved out there because it's a beautiful community and region. It's a 10-minute drive south from Jerusalem. And my challenge is, uh, which is my next challenge in life, is to welcome people over there and explain a bit, a bit better about the Jewish or the Israeli point of view of living here and having the rights to live here, first of all. Wow. And opening up in a real dialogue, if it's not too late for that, because people have been really been mis- misled of, uh, of the conflict over here and to explain more about, or even talk about our, I guess, our historical, legitimate, international rights to live here. Yeah. And that's not been discussed, not being raised in many uh, regions around the world. Now, I'll, I'll tell you now, in reference to that, I'll tell you what, man. I'm a realist, and I believe about 60% of it is the fact that uh, I don't think the world cares. I think there's countries that do. I think individuals do. I think groups do. We got a, just to put it bluntly, we got a screwed up world. Folks just aren't mentally stable today. And uh, there were so many things that I've learned since I've been here. We're driving down the road now. I don't know what this is on the right-hand side. I see some kind of, is this farmland? Yep. Farmland here to the right and to the left. It is amazing. It's amazing that what people think, how many times I've gotten emails, do they have camels over there? <laughs> okay, yeah, we're in the Middle East. Well, are they everywhere? And what's it like there to live? So, you know, it's it's the blessing is is seeing guys like yourself that you know we're going to find out your motive uh, and starting steroid media um, because there's obviously something internal that drives you that makes you selfless selfless to do what you, you're doing. I'm sure there's a thousand other things you could be doing. 
besides having to show people the truth, you could say, well, I just want to live my life and be married. And, you know, mm-hmm. what is your, does your, how involved is your wife in Stemo Media? Well, it's, it's actually a funny story because she actually came down uh, Tuesday Road on one of our tours. Uh, she was a counselor for this American group. And they, she came to tour around steroids, like many other student uh, organizations actually do. I wasn't there, but they showed my video, which I was on the video, and she always remembered me since then. And she was my friend on Facebook. <laughs> and and uh, it was very interesting that she did uh, know who I, who I was when I actually asked, asked her out. So that was uh, pretty interesting that uh, my wife today actually knew me before, and she was aware of my work at the same time. Just something very interesting. So, go ahead. Uh, actually, it was, it was her sister that brought us together because her sister was a part of a uh, like a youth movement that they, they go out living out in the kibbutzim area. In a kibbutz. In, in a kibbutz nearby on, on the Gaza border. I went living there for one year. And she was there, and she's the one that put me in touch uh, with her sister, her younger sister. So that was interesting. How, uh, wow. And as my dad said, I was too busy busy chasing rockets and girls. Now that, that was my main problem. But uh, I was 24-7 dealing with this kind of work. I don't even have time to do anything else. Right. Go out on dates or anything like that. But after a couple of years, wow. I've been uh, chasing rockets and uh, doing anything I can try speaking up and making an outcry here in Israel and abroad. Wow, wow, that's fantastic. You know, when you have a woman, a wife, a lady, a blessing from God to help you with what you're doing, you'll get ten times more done by with with that help than you would by yourself. hundred percent. hundred percent, it's, it's amazing. It's sad. And I think that's why we have so much... I don't want to veer off, but it goes along with what you're saying. You know, God will bring you the right person when your focus is in the right place, when your heart's in the right place. When you're doing what is right, especially with this kind of work, when you work out and bring out the truth, and when you have the truth on your side, it's amazing the people you meet on the road, people that just come across, amazing how everything just gets together. Right. I have so many so many cases like that, so many uh, examples like that. Actually, uh, everything is went to place when you're doing the right thing. How it has kept on leading it to that. Amazing, amazing. Until today, I see that. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. I'm into that, yeah. So, uh, so now you and your wife are married. She, uh, now, did she backs you, but does she have a job that she does? Yeah. She, she, has, she has her own, uh, Job working, uh, helping out uh, children after school. She's a, she's an informal edu- educator. Okay. So she helps children after school with uh, uh, this organization that helps children uh, with uh, English classes and math classes. So she's running that office. Nice, nice. In Jerusalem. That's good. That's good. Listen, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, we have couple minutes left in this segment. I want to grab this lady in the back seat. Ma'am, could you mind, would you mind coming forward here? I know you got to take that seat. What a, what a great highway we're on. I don't think people, I think there's still that impression the media is leaving Americans with the fact that this is a major highway here. 
uh, that we're driving on. It's not uh, camel pad. Ma'am, could you please, you're here with Noam, and you, you guys have been hanging out all day. Tell me your name. Joanna Forrester. Joanna Forrester. Joanna, where are you from? You're American. Yes, North Carolina. North Ca oh, man, North Carolina. What? Yeah. Great state. Yes, it is. You know what? I'm glad that you broke the mold in this vehicle because, you know, it, it's New York, Chicago, L.A., Miami. All the folks where all the leftists are. You know what I mean? Yes. I thank God for you that you came from the great state of North Carolina. Now, do you live here in Israel? Yes, I live in Jerusalem now. Nice. When I first made Aliyah two and a half years ago, I moved north to Carmiel. Um, but uh, Jerusalem is the, a very special city, and I decided I, I needed to live in Jerusalem. I feel like I live in a museum. With each step I take, there are thousands of years of history. Wow. And it's a mitzvah to live in Jerusalem and Can. Israel. Can. If I can say in Hebrew, can, yes, yes. sababa. <laughs> well, uh... You know, look, we're going to have you on the show because you do something that's very special that people need to know about in the United States. And uh, I'm glad that I got to meet you. You seem like a fine lady. Well, thank you. Uh, and we're going to we're going to get you on the show. Great. And uh, God bless you. We're glad you came home. Welcome home. Thank you for thank being you. obedient, ma'am. Because <laughs> there is nothing like obedience. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. We'll be right back. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an ongoing project called Hershey's for Heroes. Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot Conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. And we're back. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel, brought to you by America's Web Radio. Wow, what a great... Noam, you educated me. And uh, thank you for uh, that first segment. Great stuff. I want to say as a side note, Joanne is from, not from North Carolina, but lived there. She's from West Virginia. <laughs> Who'd have guessed? I didn't know there were that many Jews living in West Virginia. But uh, I remember back in, in my hometown in Clarksburg, um, there were a few Jewish families left that actually moved to Israel. And they the, there was no one left, so they shut down the synagogue. Um, anyway, that's another... Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get with you, Joanna. You, sounds like you've had a blessed life. You've been, done a lot of stuff. So, Noam, uh, we're almost to Jerusalem, the capital city, and you shared something with me off uh, off air about you're getting ready to go to the States and do some meetings. Uh, yes, that's correct. We just produced our latest documentary. Which I'm going to post. Can I, can I post that on the... The, the promo. Okay. We have the promo for it. Uh, it's called Standing Resilient in Israel. 
was produced for the American Embassy, actually. Wow. Places. We actually got a, a budget from them to produce really? this documentary. <laughs> it took us two years uh, basically to do this. You know, we followed around uh, six uh, uh, residents of southern Israel. Some of them are terror victims. Others are uh, you know, trauma victims. And our purpose was to follow them around to see how they were coping with their uh, loss or their trauma and seeing how they're still worshipping life and going on with their lives somehow. Which is something very amazing to see. And I do have a daily routine life in this rocket uh, reality in southern Israel. And that was the purpose. It's showing how uh, we're so strong. We're strong and uh, we're still going to keep on living and choosing to live over here in this part of the region. And that's something that... Uh, this short documentary that actually portrays. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little shocked at that, and I'll tell you why. Because um, we currently have an administration that is uh, that has shown by its actions, not by its words, but by its actions, that it is not a friend to Israel. Now, you don't have to speak along the lines politically. Uh, I don't mind doing it, because we have increased funding to Islamic countries uh, almost tenfold since Barack Obama came into office. And, uh, you know, yeah, we continue to help Israel, and um, but there's no point in helping Israel when we help her enemies even more. Um, but uh, I'm very thankful that my tax dollars, when it's wasted so many times, I'm thankful that the American people... We're able to help you out with your project. That's fantastic. What uh, what actually initiated this this project? Uh, well, since we uh, this is over a decade uh, that the entire population has been under rocket to fire and threats, and we uh, we were found responsible for hosting uh, uh, President Obama during his elections in July 2008, along with many congressmen that came to our region. Uh, we were as, we were selected to produce uh, this kind of documentary. Actually, the only one in Israel. Wow! To see to show how residents cope with terror, uh, terror of, of you know of uh, 2013. Then. Wow. Wow. And, and the challenge was really to showing uh, how residents who lost first of all to, to show people actually people actually actually lost their lives from the rocket fire, but at the same time showing how that we do worship life eventually. Right. Which is completely different to the societies. Uh, you would expect people to run away from Sterot, which is on the borders with Gaza, or to flee. The fact is you have exactly the opposite. And just last week we had the, uh, the train, the, the, first, the first sheltered train station in the world was opened last week in wow. Sterot. And the fact is, a lot of developments, a lot of uh, 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 a lot of budgets have been uh, reinforced in our in our in our region until today. And that's the image you can find in Sterot today. Not only people actually have left this town, we actually have uh, new buildings being built up these days. People actually choosing to move into this town. Wow. And that's part of the, part of the resilient, which is a little hard to explain, but about that mentality. Uh, the Israeli society that with all that we always uh, try keeping strong and being optimistic for the, for a better future wow you know that's amazing because 
Sterot is a nice little town. That's a beautiful little town that uh, you have your office in. And just like everywhere else in this country, that's a thing. That's This is your land. This is yours. And what I've come to realize is, at the end of the day, this is not about a land dispute. This is about a Jewish presence. A Jewish presence. That's the steroid Gaza conflict. Steroid has nothing to do with what we call today uh, in the Western world and Israeli society settlements. This is Israel by all means. And the fact that this region has been under threat for over a decade is to explain clearly how this has nothing to do. This conflict is not about territory. It's about our own legitimacy just to live here. And that is the root of the conflict today. Yeah. If we don't educate our own community, our own societies, first of all, that we have every single historical right just to live here, and at the same time educating the, the generation on the other side of the fence that we have every single right to live here, uh, it's not to that point we can really, really we're trying to hear living here side by side. That is the root of the conflict today. Wow. Now, the, the reality is that people don't realize, and you could probably elaborate this on, uh, on a deeper level, if I'm not mistaken, 60% of the electric and water that go into the Gaza comes from Ashkelon at the expense of the Jewish people. Over 70%, actually. Wow. I, I, I would not say expense. Well, actually, it is today because they, they, they have not been paying it for the for their electric, electricity bill. But anything that goes into Gaza is paid for. Behind the scenes, there's a lot of trade going on between Gaza firms and uh, companies and kibbutzim. Making very good profit, but until today, we uh, provide Gaza with sewage, water, and electricity. Wow! It's all been supposed to be paid for, but uh, their debt is up to one billion shekels, if I'm not mistaken. Wow! For the electricity bill, which has not been paid for. Wow! And again, that someone else has to pay for that through higher prices. Yeah. That's inevitably the effect. Um, and this is exactly what you're saying is not in the liberal media at all. I didn't even know this until I actually came here. And I think you might have been the first one to tell me about it. Uh, when you took me on a tour, there's a video on YouTube called Terror Across the Town, a tour through Sterot. And uh, along with that being said, there's a lot of uh, goods that the military takes into the Gaza, am I correct? Any goods you can dream of goes into Gaza according to their demand, and more than that, according to Egyptian sources, Hamas made a profit in 2012 of over $1 billion wow. profit with the uh, industry, uh, the tunnel industry, smuggling anything as possible into the tunnels and selling all the merchandise times three more. Uh, the value of, its, of, of, of of the market itself. Wow, and that's amazing because from my, from an article I read, in the, all of the the supplies for building homes and things like that were used to actually build those tunnels that came from Israel. Exactly, a month and a half ago, there's a tunnel dug between Gaza into uh, Israeli kibbutzim, Israeli villages. And on that cement of that tunnel, a very sophisticated uh, underground tunnel, on that cement, you had a stamp made in Israel. Wow. Wow. 
and so hey. we, su- we supply these humanitarian needs that are being used for many times uh, for politi- for uh, not only political agendas, but also uh, to for, for terrorist activities. And that's a very big uh, challenge we have today. Wow. Dealing with terrorist organizations. What is terrorism all about? Which is something very hard to explain to people, especially in the Western world. Terrorism means that uh, the definition in our region, anyways, is basically targeting civilian population while that target is being among its population on the other side of the fence. Wow. That's something that does not get across to people. Having, when I had friends in the army, you know, as snipers looking upon their uh, telescope over a terrorist with a gun and seeing him, how he takes a child in front of him to become a human shield. It's something very hard, very hard for us to understand of glorifying terrorism, of, u- of, of using human shields. And uh, fortunately, this is what we're up against. If you ask me, one of the most darkest elements in the world, right. using own populations to get anything across, to get any political agenda to get across, and making very good money out of all this as well. Yeah, and, and they're funded. The United States, Everyone the EU, them. billions of dollars flows in. Exactly in five a. years ago, but exactly five years ago, Operation Cast Lead, right after that a military operation, 70 countries, there's a fundraiser in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. We had the Norwegian government having a fundraiser allocating $5.2 billion by 70 countries to rebuild Gaza. And of course, no, none of these countries are asking, where's, the money, where, where's this money going to? Wow. How can there's no rehabilitation of the population for the past over 60 years? Most basic questions that not be raised here today at all. And a lot of your tax paying, paying money is going uh, for terrorist activities, which is pretty sad to see and to realize there's so many other conflicts happening all around us here in the Middle East, not even mentioning about the butchering of 130,000 civilians in Syria, crying out loud, yeah. and different conflicts around the world. The amount of attention our conflict actually gets is, is, uh, is outrageous and disproportionate as, as, as well. You should know, by the way, in one sentence that the... Uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is the lowest number of casualties ever since World War II in, in, in any other conflict around the world. Wow. I didn't know that. Yep. The lowest number of casualties of conflicts in wow. conflict around the world. Amazing. And, and at the same time, the Palestinian Authority became the highest population per capita, getting the most financial aid, like no other population in human history. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I travel around the states, seeing all these signs in subways in New York and Manhattan, all around from coast to coast, seeing all these campaigns saying, stop, uh, stop U.S. military aid to Israel. I, I go absolutely crazy. That is crazy. Because, first of all, 70, 74% of whatever is invested in Israel in Israel is invested back in the States. And companies like in Oklahoma, that gives thousands of people of jobs for manufacturing different things, first of all. Second of all, you compare that to Saudi Arabia, how only two years ago the Obama administration had a $80 billion uh, uh, a deal of building up their entire new air force. Wow. A billion dollar wow. deal. Wow. I'm glad you're saying that. No, that needs to be said. It needs to be said. Look, I'm going to tell you, I have connected the Islamic dots since the 90s, and I've seen its growth. And it's not, you know, uh, I don't want to get off too far on this, but Saudi Arabia funds major universities and colleges in the United States, then they have these 
groups, pro-Islamic groups. All the Middle East departments all around, actually, the Western world that are being funded by Saudi money. And being in these Middle East departments, different parts around the, around the world, especially North America, I've been to over 150 campuses in North America. It is, uh, I, I, I need to have a bodyguard today when I come speaking. Wow. Literally. Wow. I see I'm a scary-looking guy over here speaking to you. Wow. It is absolutely outrageous. The, the propaganda, uh, the new minds, the, 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 new, the next generation I've been growing up with on campus. Is, uh, is absolutely outrageous. And today, in a month, period today, you should remember, you should, you should remember this, that during March is the time of so-called Israel Apartheid Week, propaganda spiel, that's the uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a week that compares Israel to the apartheid regime in South Africa. Wow. Wow. Uh, which is popular, getting popular around the world, actually. Yeah. And it's uh, and I can tell you right now, this is going to be the most uh, popular uh, student movement uh, in North America. Wow, wow. You know, I'm saying this uh, from insight to Israel, okay? People in the United States had better wake up. Because I'm, I say this, I say it solely as the embodiment of insight to Israel. This is an ideological war. This is not about religion. This is about ideology. If you know anything about history, uh, then you know that not radicals, not extremists, I know the Koran. I know the Hadith and the Sirah. These are not radicals or extremists. They're doing exactly. They're obedient. They're obedient to the Koran. America, right now, we got 35 Muslim training camps in the United States. This is not radical. These are the, the militant arm of Islam. You have the educational side. You have the governing side. You have the financial side. You have the family side. You have the media side. And then you have the militant arm, which uh, basically is the side that you're military, just like in any country. But this is on a global scale. I've seen the media here in the Middle East. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable what they say about this country. And in Europe. You're mentioning about learning from history. I love quoting uh, Bernard Lewis. Professor Bernard Lewis is one of the biggest experts in the States on Islam matters. And he was comparing a Nazism and communists put together, comparing it to radical Islam, saying that today... Uh, in the 1940s, we did not know who our enemies are and who we are. And today, on the other hand, we did not know who our enemies are and who we are. Right. Wow. That's the, that's the, that's the true difference today. And seeing it very clearly, especially in the young generation, as a young adult myself, seeing the, uh, the identity crisis yeah. that we're going through, especially in Europe society, European society, and especially in also in North America, right. is part of that today, that we're not even sure. Who is it that we are today and what we're up against? You know, Noam, I'll tell you. Uh, I've read it. I've heard it said. I've seen it said. The Jew on Saturday, the Christian on Sunday. And quite honestly, I, I hate when folks say Islam, Christianity, and, and Judaism are the three, you know, the three closest religions. I beg to differ, and I will sit down and have a theological debate, historical debate with anyone, any time, any place, and put money down on it. 
because Judaism and Christianity are closer than what Islam is. And, and, and as far as doctrine goes, as far as morals go, and I want to say that you're right about that identity crisis. We've lost in the United States. We've lost our way, and our young people don't have that, that principled, godly, moral foundation. And that's why I'm thankful what you guys have here. It's amazing. And that's what the focus today should be, educating the next generation with accurate information. Right. See what happens when our own communities, talking about our own Christian and Jewish communities, see what happens when they're getting one side of the story in such an extreme kind of way, how taking all that efforts, going all the way against their own identity, against their own beliefs, against right. their own history, that's what we're up against today. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a war of of affecting minds and hearts, and uh, this is this should be the next struggle is is reaching out to the next generation and speaking up the truth in a creative kind of way and getting across. Right. And that's why, at the same time, I make the effort of traveling a couple of times a year as a young adult to communities, to Christian communities as well, and trying to speak up to the younger generation on the same kind of level and speak up, uh, speak out my heart, and speak the truth about Israel. Uh, because eventually today we're in the same boats. Right. If you ask me, the only friends we have out there today is uh, the Christian world. Right. Right. The, uh, the evangelical Christians. Right. And that uh, wow. communities all around the world that we should give them more support to stand for Israel and to feel uh, strong about that. Wow. But as I said, we're in the same kind of boat today. The lack of, uh, of, of uh, identity, the crisis identity we've been speaking about, experiencing in our own communities all around the Western world today wow. uh, because of the propaganda machine. And right now, in terms of conflict in our region, the southern part of Israel, we're the only media center on the ground to try countering the multi-million dollar campaigns coming out from Gaza. Wow. You know, Noam, what we're going to do is uh, I want to make sure that Americans will know exactly how to contact you if, if uh, when you come to the States. So they can invite you to their church. Sure. Uh, we we need that message, Noam. We need it. And I appreciate what you're doing because you are uh, what they call boots on the ground. And uh, so tell me real quick. Give me an overview here. How in the world did you ever... How did all this come into being? What drove you... And at what age did you say, you know what, i got to do this because I realize it's life or death? I'll be honest, this is the last thing I thought I'll be doing. <laughs> speaking up, speaking in front of, audience, of an audience, or anything to do with journalism. I, be, I came back, actually, part of my story growing up as an Israeli is after three years of combat service, I went traveling one year to Asia, to the Far East, to experience it on my own for the first time. Uh, you know, different uh, religions and cultures and people. Yeah. And it was a very pretty extreme kind of experience. Uh, more more like, a, like a spiritual experience as well. Uh, and that gave me the power to see, uh, to come back to Israel and to really try making a difference. I did not know at the time what exactly, but at the time I moved uh, to Sterot just to become a student, not knowing too much about the rocket reality. And by experiencing the rocket fire by myself, I uh, took it very uh, personal as well. Of course. Trying to make it uh, an effort to try speaking up. And uh, all of a sudden, I became uh, 
an international source of information and became a place where, like a, you know, like a pilgrim, where people come from around the world, coming to Stero to experience firsthand all the way up to the top leaders. Wow. And I'm proud to say we had a very big uh, role in that by educating uh, thousands of people throughout uh, the world. We had over 10,000 visitors in 2013. Wow. I think we're definitely one of the leading uh, media centers in Israel that, uh, that uh, welcomes uh, as many people around the world, educating with accurate information as presenting the Israeli perspective on this border, or any border, actually, in Israel. Wow. So, and the concept is, again, when you present a human side of the story, it's very powerful. We're up against, again, the, as I said, the, the images of destruction, devastation, uh, Injuries coming out from Gaza, having no clue uh, what happened a second beforehand, or about the intentions or policies of each side, or what does it mean psychological warfare. But we came to realize that what we have in our part of the region is a very powerful human story. Yeah, there's no other story that can actually can uh, resemble to that. Having an entire population that's been under rocket fire and threat for the past over a decade. Just something very unique, because again, why is it so unique? Because there's no other country in the world that will tolerate even one, only one rocket being fired towards the territory. It's unreal. You know, I came back from San Diego a couple months ago. It with the resemblance, what would happen if only one rocket being fired from Tijuana towards San Diego? Oh, what the response would be? Uh, <laughs> mass rockets coming, going back. Right. Well, I mean, there's no country in the world that will tolerate this kind of rocket reality. The fact that we have is to explain as much a deeper level understanding on the ground what is going on over here. Right. And this reflects back to myself today, back to ourselves, asking ourselves today, what is what is our right just to live here? And I think this question is not being raised, it's definitely not being answered. I think I think be, things became very acceptable and very normal because we're not we're not thinking, we're not asking ourselves the most basic questions today. And I think the lack of identity, even in this country, is tremendous today. Wow. You have to wake up people and to show and to explain and to say out loud that, first of all, you have every single legitimate international historical right just to live here. Right. It's not to that point that we ourselves, our own people, understand that. Okay, uh, I think uh, dream of a better future. And yeah. That's part of the rocket reality we're presenting a very deep kind of way how it's reflecting back to ourselves today, reflecting back to the entire international community, accepting this kind of uh, reality. Wow. Or not, not even knowing too much about it. So uh, your your movie that you have, there's, is there a preview on YouTube? Yeah, you can, you can just look up a Standing Resilient in Israel. Okay. Simple as that. Promo. Like Google that in. On, on YouTube. Okay. And you can definitely see that video. Yeah. If you, by the way, if you write 15 seconds on YouTube, our video is number one. Oh, wow, so nice. Yes, they wrote videos showing how intense the reality can actually get by being under rocket fire, having 15 seconds or less to run for your life. Wow. Once the siren goes off. I was, you know what? I'm going to tell you, I was here back in November, mm. and I was in Tel Aviv getting video. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I've never experienced anything like it in my life, ever. Ever and I'm 43. And this is Tel Aviv when you have one minute to run for your life, <laughs> and still over a decade having 15 seconds. That's because it's so close to the Gaza. If, if people don't realize, you know, uh, how close it is. Right. How actually create a picture for us? How close is 
Stay road to the Gaza. It's a, it's a one mile away from the northern part of Gaza. It's a 45-minute drive to one hour to Tel Aviv. It's an hour and 15, more or less, to Jerusalem. Wow. And is that, it's a tiny little country in the amount that's the size of New Jersey, less than that, and the amount of, uh, of coverage this actually gets around the world, people would think it's the size of Texas or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, what I've seen, what the Jewish people have done here in 65 years, if you didn't know anything about Israel or its size and dropped it off in the middle of the country, you would, you would think, with the development here, even in spite of the threats of death daily, what the Jewish people have done in 65 years. It's, it's, it's a bit, pretty ironic. Pretty, uh, on one hand, you are surrounded with Arab countries that uh, do not want you here at all. On the other hand, you do feel the safest in the world. It's something which is very hard to explain to people. And I heard many people for the first time visiting Israel actually telling me that. Wow. It's a bit, it's a bit not, that's not really understood today from the outside explaining all that. Right. I do feel safe. And, and it's amazing, in spite of how many times I say it, uh, I still get folks, keep your head down and <laughs> stay safe, you know, things like that, which is understandable if you haven't been here. So so did you ever dream Steroid Media would be, of course you could never, I mean, what was your vision when you first started? Or was it just day to day? I did not. I'd start off with with a borrowed laptop and a phone. Wow. No idea how far this actually this can actually go. But the fact is, we uh, according to the Google analysis, uh, over 300 million people around the world were exposed to our names through Open Media Center. Wow. Um, I've been personally to over 15 uh, international. Uh, uh, embassies and parliament houses around the world. Wow! Wow! Uh, Geneva, when Geneva, Capitol Hill, EU. I've been to Africa, South Africa, Australia, North Europe, North America. Uh, wow! South America, documenting the uh, biggest population of Palestinians that were resettled in Chile. Uh, so I really got around to experience firsthand. And I, I'm very blessed, I feel very blessed that uh, I got this experience of seeing the world. And I'm, as a photographer, I love <laughs> wildlife, I love, uh, I love people, and I love animals. Yeah. And getting to see this, well, tra traveling around the world, I'm very privileged putting all this together. It is a privilege, it is. Because a lot of people don't make it outside of the backyard. So. <laughs> well, there is, I, I know that only 20% of Americans have a passport. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I've lived in uh, I've lived in Haiti, Venezuela, Romania, wow. and uh, it changed my life. And once you get that passport and get that get that traveling underneath of your belt, it's a bug. It's literally addictive because you learn to appreciate what you have. You know what? If I'd have known all this, brother, I'd have brought you flowers. <laughs> I might be sitting next to the next Israeli diplomat. But uh, listen. What's your website again? Tell tell them. So it's if you just write Sderot on YouTube or, or Google S D E R O T, you just you'd see our name pop up. Sderot Media Center, simple as that. Sderotmedia.org. But you just write S D E R O T in any uh, search engine, and we're definitely number one. Wow! And you guys are always welcome. All the listeners right now are welcome anytime to Sderot to experience firsthand. I'll be more than welcome. I'll be more than happy and privileged to come speak to your community. Uh, yeah, and bring uh, bring the truth uh, to your to your congregation, campus, 
high schools, whatever needs needs to be done to speak out loud. Wow. <clears throat> Noam, thank you very much for your time, brother. I want to say thank you uh, to Sterote Media for all that you do. God bless you. We're going to throw your information out there uh, on the website. And I want to say thank you to all of those listening to Insight to Israel. God bless the United States of America and its struggle for sovereignty. I'm sorry, that's Israel. And its struggle for sovereignty and security. And God bless. Uh, I just said that again. <laughs> God bless the United States of America as we stand with Israel. Listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.